Hey, pal. Well, I've pals. Welcome to this week's episode of Hey, pal. I'm coachable. Again, I, I can't express how awesome it is to have you tuning in, uh, all the feedback and listens and all of that. I'm, you know, just a guy here chatting to some more interesting people than I, and uh, I'm really grateful that you're along for the ride. I was going to say for the journey, but we don't want to go in those Brett Kirk areas. And hey, why aren't why wouldn't these interesting people come on board and, and uh, talk to me? Because we saw last week Pierre and Dilla come on and the Eagles AFLW team, they get their first win for the year. So um, if you've got a team that needs a win, come and have a chat. Get on board because I'm, what's the, um, the the Drake curse? I'm the anti-Drake curse and I'm probably the anti-Drake rapper as well while we're at it. Um, I'm going to keep it short and sweet today because uh, we've got a really great interview. Uh, this one was recorded a couple of weeks back with my good friend Adam Parry. Now, Adam wears many hats literally and figuratively, and you're going to find out a bit about that during the interview, the figuratively part, not the many hats, but he shouldn't cover up that hair. He's got a lovely, unique, beautiful hairstyle, but I digress. Adam Parry, known to many in the wrestling circles here in Australia, specifically EPW Perth, uh, as Mean Dean Olsen, but also, uh, you know, no stranger to the podcast game either. Don't know why I said that so, I don't know, Benoit Blanc sort of thing. Is it Blanc? I don't know. Anyway, that's something for our research interns to figure out. Of course, we have none, just me. Hello. Um, so again, thank you very much for joining us. I'll keep it short and sweet. Um, commiserations to anyone in Brisbane at the moment. You're probably not liking life or sport at the moment. Um, but hey, you got there. Them's the apples. Having said that, you've said that to me in 2021, if a game allegedly happened at Optus Stadium, which I hate and it hates me, you probably wouldn't be able to give me that proverbial pat on the shoulders. So enjoy those who did win a flag uh, as we gear up to cricket season in the uh, World Cup and the community um, stage. But today we're talking all things commentary with the master of disaster, which is I still think on his socials, I did get him to update it because he's a little bit slow with that. Love him a bit. It's time for our interview with the one and only, the voice of EPW, Adam Parry. Well, today's guest, you might know him from all around the traps here in Western Australian pro wrestling. He is known as the voice of EPW, but... More so than that, the voice of pro wrestling in the fair state of Western Australia. He's also done a bit of commentary for the NBL One West over here. Bit of a radio shock jock as well. Well, we'll get more involved with that. We've got on the line with us today, Adam Parry. Adam, hey, pal. Hey, buddy. How you doing? It's an absolute pleasure to be here, man. Thanks for having me on the gig. No, man. Uh, as soon as we were thinking of this idea and uh, talking about things that I wanted to be coached up on, I thought... We go to the man who really opened the doors for myself here in the commentary gig. And, uh, you know, you are a uh, oracle of knowledge and uh, experience. And I think it'd be great to hear, I guess, your point of view on the uh, the art of commentary and sharing it with our listeners. Yeah, it's interesting. You, you say all those things and all I hear is like, man, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, you are. Um, but I think I can get away with saying that being great, mate. So yeah, you can. I think uh, also the greys in our respective beards probably give that away as well. And oh, you've got quite a unique facial hair get up as well. Um, does, this is a little question without notice, but, uh, you know, natural segue into it. Uh, 
Do you ever think of uh, chopping that thing off? Oh, all the time. And uh, then I'm just like, oh, I've grown my beard for so long. I'm like, why would I? Well, I can't do that. But yeah, at least a couple of times a week, I'm like, oh, this is ridiculous. <laughs> but it's your brand now, isn't that, it? That's what people tell me whenever I, I mention it. People are like, you can't, man. It's, it's your thing. And I'm like, oh, okay, sure. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm very indecisive at the best of times. So it's easy not to do things. <laughs> <laughs> and this, uh, this podcast will about take, be about taking the initiative and just doing it. But yeah, exactly. uh, we've got the perfect role model. Um, <laughs> I mentioned there on the top there, Adam, that uh, you're, you're most known in the state here for your work with Explosive Pro Wrestling. Uh, mm-hmm. Been around for over 20 years. And uh, I guess the gold standard of pro wrestling here in WA and for a long time in the country as well. Um, before we get into, I guess, the art of commentary and, and why we've got you on today, that was your, really your entry point for commentary. Let's uh, talk a bit about your wrestling fandom. How did that start, first and foremost? Uh started when I was super young. Obviously, growing up, um, I was born in the 80s, so there was the whole, I guess, r- rock and roll wrestling explosion of your Hulk Hogan's and Macho Man's and Ultimate Warriors and all that stuff. Uh, being a young, impressionable kid at the time, was right into that. My brother was into it as well. Uh, interestingly enough, my stepdad was a big wrestling fan. Um, so it was just, uh, right into it would hire all the videos from the video shop as well as the style at the time. And <laughs> it was quite funny because I kind of fell out with it a little bit in the, in the early nineties, just, you know, had always have had many interests, but, um, in my teens, um, we, we got Foxtel, which was a thing. I guess it still is a thing. Um, and, um, it's one of many things now. It, it really is. Um, and my stepdad was watching wrestling and I kind of walked past like, you're watching wrestling, like kind of taking the piss out of, uh, out of my, uh, stepdad bless him. And then, uh, one day I came in and, and saw, uh, what the current state of wrestling was like, um, during like the attitude era with WWF and Stone Cold Steve Austin and stuff. And I was kind of like, huh, this is different. I sort of sat down and watched some of it and it ended up with me becoming so, ridiculously obsessed with pro wrestling and it was quite popular at the time or it became quite popular as a result of that era and it was kind of cool which is very weird when you look at it in retrospect Uh, (laughs) (laughs) because sometimes it is anything but and it's quite funny because you get so like dug into this world of wrestling that you think it's all awesome but then you get to speak to someone outside of it they're kind of like oh yeah that stuff's ridiculously stupid um there's almost like a couple of worlds to wrestling like to these days you've got i guess those those holdouts from that period of time who maybe are a bit more involved on the internet side of things and wanting to know the inner workings of who's getting in a fist fight here and uh, who's getting fired there and whatnot which is something probably too soon for someone like me to talk about right now but um but then you've also got you know, the big juggernaut that, that pro wrestling is now, it's uh, mm. such an entertainment brand. So you almost have those different worlds of viewership as well. Yeah, it's interesting because I found when I was, uh, obviously, y- you know it's a work and everything like that, as they say, the predetermined nature of it. But the more I learned about it, the more it fed my obsession and made me love it more. You know, people always throw around the whole, oh, it's fake. And I'm like, yeah, well, I love Star Wars as well. and That's not exactly real. If, wait, it whoa, is, whoa, whoa, whoa. if it is, if it is, if it is, I want in. Okay, that's what I'm saying. It's going to say you're ru- you're you're ruining a few things there. There's a guy at the moment there just wearing his Darth Vader mask, saying it's still real to me. Damn it! But um, but uh-huh. you're right. Yeah, it is, yeah. and that's always been the knock uh, for for years. It's like, oh well, you know, it, it's fake, quote unquote. But um, 
yeah, you, you still want to be part of it. You still want to watch it. You know it. It's that suspension of disbelief, really, that, you know, you sort of yeah. let yourself get caught up in that world for however long, two hours, three hours. Maybe not three hours. That's a bit long for a wrestling show. Well, yeah. But it's also the it's the blurred lines of it all that makes it so good as well. Like, there's, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of hard-hitting action. People do um, have a lot of physicality in it. People can get hurt. Hopefully nothing too bad. Um, but, yeah, it's just it's it's such a, a weird unique art form which i just have fallen in love with it so much that even after all these years from being a kid to being a teen to being uh you know however old i may be now um yeah um, exactly it's uh just one of those things that i I still love to this day and you you know like most things that you're so ingrained in you you can fall in and out of love with it but it's always just take just one thing and all of a sudden you're like that right there my friends is why i love this and always will yeah, it can create some unique moments for sure. That oh, just, yeah, yeah, man. yeah. It's one of those um, things, if you get it, you get it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah without yeah. question. Um, growing up, it was a, so you mentioned there was sort of the gap between the, um, the 80s, that rock and wrestling, and then when you got back involved. What other uh, hobbies and likes did you have growing up there? And um, I think it's important to establish this because it, I think it carries over to how you carry yourself with your commentary and, and your life experiences and things like that. So what other things took your fancy growing up before you jumped into that crazy commentary world? Um, I've always been like super obsessed with music. Um, massive, massive music fan. Um, I started learning how to play music at the age of 13 and always had like um, – massive goals of wanting to be in a band and, and, you know, playing gigs and stuff like that, which I, which I've ended up doing on, on, on a few different projects and stuff, which has been amazing and great fun. But I, I'm just insanely obsessed with, with music. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big movie fan as well. Um, was always a, a big avid watcher of movies as a kid. And, and to this day and obsessed with like horror movies and weird stuff like that. Um, Love my footy as well. Not so great at playing it. Love going to watch footy. I grew up with a family that was obsessed with sports, so stuff like that too. Um, all my other hobbies. Um, quite like drinking. Uh, <laughs> oh, from a young age. Yeah. yeah. Hey, look. Where, up, where'd you grow up, by the way? No, no. Where, that's, that's, not, that's not going on that part. No, but um, yeah, just just like a pop, big pop culture fan, basically, mate. Yeah. Um, when it comes to like movies and reading comics and um you know uh all different things like that just just and it's interesting as i've grown it's like fandoms taken on a different level that it never previously had before like uh not only like as far as like collectibles and things you can physically get but um streams of fandom like like podcasting like um youtube channels and stuff that celebrate these fandoms whereas back in the day you you'd be lucky if there was a magazine you could get once a month um, or anything like that, very rarely would you get like an actual TV show that would um, sort of promote fandom about God knows what, whether it be the love of horror movies or, or comic books, which I know sounds weird now because the, the the comic world is all movies and TV shows and Disney Plus and stuff now. But um, yeah, I feel like uh, the changing of the times is, I, I guess, changed to make things so much better for people who are fans of almost anything. Yeah, you're right. It's been an explosion really for the last 20 years um, based on that. So um, I'm not quite sure of the timelines here, but uh, was it before you got into commentary, you did some radio work as well? Yes. Um, So yeah, tell me a bit about that, how you got into it, because obviously you're a naturally charismatic dude, um, you know, you you. sort of 
<laughs> people gravitate towards you and you, you know, you talk a lot of sense and a lot of nonsense at times, but oh, it's yeah. entertaining nonsense. Um, so you, radio, how'd you get into that and what was involved? Any sort of cool experiences? Yeah, many. Um, so the radio thing was interesting because, and that comes from my love of music, um, which is kind of funny and I'll get to that. Um, I, was, I did a lot of weird jobs after leaving school. I, I studied music at TAFE for two years because again, obsessed with music. Um, although that was more of a perform- performance and uh, industry type learning. Um, and I was just working crappy jobs like in warehouses and stuff like that. And I thought, I, I want to do something that I could at least get enjoyment from. And uh, my cousin w- works in radio. Uh, I was going to say worked, but he still does. Um, currently with 6PR. His name's Mike Parry. Um, if he's listening, hello. Um, <laughs> um, and I was interested in having a go at radio. I actually got one of my, one of my best mates a job there as well. Um, just cause he has an amazing voice, like very like deep voice. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Um, and I was kind of like, you know what? I kind of like to have a crack at this. I've always been a talker. I was always one of those kids that the family would make jokes about, never shut up. Um, probably still do. And I put my hand up and said, I just said, hey, look, is it okay if I come and do some work experience for you? I don't need to get paid or anything. I just want to see what it's like, see if I could be any good of it and all that. And he was like, sure. Like he was actually surprisingly open. I thought he was going to tell me to, to go away. Um, so I did a bunch of uh, volunteer work, just sort of helping out, doing whatever, anything and everything that needed to be done. And they had, as often works in, in many radio places, they had um, uh, a period where like a bunch of people left at once. So like rather just like one person leaving and everyone bumping up, they had, I think two or three people leave at one time. And they're like, Hey, we can put you on as a casual. Would you like that? And I just like jump at the chance. I was like, Oh yeah. I'm like, I'll do anything you need. Uh, anything that's, that's wanted to do, you know, I was just like, teach me anything that's going, you know? Uh, and I did that. Um, I ended up working in radio for, I think about 16 years. Um, and it was from there that I got involved in like wrestling as a byproduct because I, I loved wrestling and, uh, to touch on a note, I just uh, will backpedal a little. The, the love of music, it was amazing once I got into radio that how much of it isn't about the music. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> the, music's <laughs> just, the music's just the byproduct of what's happening whilst the clock's ticking and you're getting ready to do whatever next if it's live. But um, That's the filler. Yeah, basically it is, man. Um, wow. But it's, it's funny. I, I really loved my time in radio. Um, obviously, uh, in, on the music side of things, the music I listen to is vastly different to radio music. But um, it was cool because I got to do so many different things. Uh, I did a lot of like live broadcasts where I'd be like out at random places, like different mine sites or events or whatever, broadcasting live from there, do stuff in the studio, both pre-recorded and live. And there's something special about doing things live. There's no safety net, which is really cool. Great challenge. And I, personally, I think it's what it's all about. Um, and also I got to do a lot of like paneling, like, like working the desk while other people were out in the, um, I was going to say out in the field, um, (laughs) out out doing a broadcast. I'd be the one, you know, push all the buttons and make it all work and things like that. I basically did anything that was needed. And I liked that because it may be reliable and it also helps you learn as well. So on the back of that, um, I decided to give commentary a crack because I was such a wrestling nerd for lack of a better terms that I was like, you know what? I reckon I can do this. Cause you know, everyone wants to wrestle and be the champion or whatever. I'm like, what? I'm like five foot eight. Um, you know, I'm probably in better shape now than I was then, but like, I, I was never very good at sports. I was never athletic or in shape. And the last thing they need in the world of wrestling is some short out of shape guy who can't do anything to try and be a wrestler. So I was like, you know what? I can talk well. Oh, I've seen could- a few. 
I've seen, <laughs> I've seen a few in my time. But you, sorry. Yeah, you and me both, brother. So, uh, so self-awareness is important. <laughs> or, man, you, you have to be, right? Uh, but no, I thought this is something I can do and do well and actually offer. You know what I mean? I, like have something good to offer um, the, the, the world of wrestling or at least something I could excel at. Also, the idea of like someone picking up and slamming me or, you know, giving me a clothesline or hitting me with a chair doesn't exactly thrill me with my uh, everyday life. <laughs> well, we, we worked together at EPW for what? It ended up being five, six years. Yeah, and I think, we had a good I think run. about in that time, I think I got slammed about 10 times and you zero times. So that hey, was the seniority, I think maybe as well, but also to your point there that, you know, that wasn't really the stuff that you got uh, your, your kicks out of, but uh, you mentioned their commentary and, and getting into the wrestling uh, caper. So that was through Explosive Pro Wrestling, um, of course, epwperth.com for those uh, playing along at home. If you want more information about that, I know that they've got a few big shows coming up to round out the year. But uh, how did that come about? Obviously, big wrestling fan. You saw you saw how you could get involved and it was not being thrown around off the top row, but it was, you know, maybe I think you mentioned your music background before. It's... Uh, the, the participants are, you know, creating the music and you're there the, to add the lyrics. So how did you get involved with that? It's kind of funny because um, a group of friends of mine were doing like backyard wrestling, which for some weird reason in like the mid-2000s was a bit of a thing as well. It kind of had its own little niche. Um, so, crazy. Um, yeah, backtrack on that because, uh, you know, many of our listeners who you see wrestling, it's like, oh, that's the thing that, that John Cena does, you know, the, you know, the big bright <laughs> yeah. lights and all of that fancy stuff, but backyard wrestling, uh, that mid to early 2000s, um, what is backyard wrestling? What, what's that it's, involved? <laughs> I mean, it sounds like it's exactly what it says on the packet. But yeah. uh, it's, it's usually people in like a homemade ring doing things their own way on a very, uh, I guess, low budget level and you are usually self-trained um, and things like that. Uh, it's probably not the slickest uh, production, I would say, to, to say the least. Um, but it's where a lot of people, I guess, get their humble beginnings, especially like young sort of people who are interested in wrestling, but not ready to sort of make a solid go at it. Um, but I, I knew people that were, that were doing such a thing and they're like, man, you love wrestling. You should come down and wrestle. I'm like, man, stuff that. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so it's bad enough. You've got someone who's good at wrestling, beating the crap out of you, let alone someone who doesn't really know what they're doing. It's a great way to end up in hospital. But I was like, yeah, nah. I'm like, they were doing like little shows and stuff. And I'm like, hey, I'll, I'll announce for you. I can I can talk. I'll like host your shows or do whatever the hell. And uh, it sort of started there. Um, from there, though, I thought to myself, you know what? I want to actually have a proper go at this. You know what I mean? I think I'm good enough. I'd like to see how I can hang with like, there was, at the time, there was two, uh, two, two companies in Perth that were doing professional wrestling on a decent level. Yeah. And... Um, I thought, you know what, EPW is the biggest company in Perth. This was the uh, uh, start of 2007 or end of 2006. And I was like, you know what, I want to see if I can hang with the best. Uh, like, yeah. I reckon given the opportunity, I can. And um, it's funny because they, they used to have a phone number that you could call on their website. And I had like a really solid game of phone tag with the person running the show, uh, who's now one of my really good friends. Uh, but it was kind of funny because we look back at that and I'm like, I'm surprised you guys called back. Like, <laughs> and um, they eventually got me down. And the first thing I did was like backstage interviews. So, yeah. you know, um, I guess the the uh, equivalent, if you've seen any pro wrestling is, um, you know, uh, the person holding the microphone when 
Hulk Hogan says, let me tell you something, brother. Um, <laughs> you know, there's been many incarnations of that over it's a, the years. It's a lot better when someone's actually holding the microphone and he's aware of it as well. So is, Yes, yes, as we all found out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they got me to do a bunch of backstage interviews and stuff and I worked with a bunch of the guys and uh, it went fairly well. Um, yep. they, they were happy with me and I was, I was so nervous and like... Um, didn't know how to take things. I didn't know what I was walking into because it was a, it was a lot bigger than what I'd been used to, and uh, it actually turned out really well in the end. It was, you know, obviously you start with a new pe- group of people. It'd be like I guess joining a new sports club or whatever. I'm a social enough person, so like behind the scenes, it was fine. I can chat to anyone, but um, yeah, little by little, I did like backstage interviews, and eventually their big show for the middle of the year, uh, which is called Evolution. It happens every year um one of the guys was away and they're like hey man uh you know we need you to commentate tonight and it was kind of spur of the moment like i rocked up on the night to do the gig now like oh hey can we get you to commentate tonight and i was like oh god and the first thing i thought is i should have dressed better um <laughs> it's my, my thing that i always laugh at is we're, like we're in the same boat there you yeah. know that all right it's yeah, like, man. Yeah. Our, both our first shows we had uh what is what does lukey call it the the comedian suit or something like that the, the shirt with the t-shirt the with it with it yeah with the um, uh with the lukey ball the top. fantastic comedian also a former uh, epw commentator as well but i think it was a similar thing like you so if there's one tip before we get into like the nitty-gritty of how to commentate so always dress as if you're going to be on camera because both our yeah. shows i think <laughs> we were there with the the branded t-shirt on the jeans going oh, yep man. i'm just i look like the the schlub that just sort of rolled out of bed but anyway yeah it's well that's the thing and then i i, I did that and uh, like lukey and myself commentated for many years together and um i'm very grateful i got the chance to do that he was he was he was awesome to work with yeah um but yeah so from there i started uh commentating uh because one of their commentators moved on and ended up having a match and and doing different things and from there i just kept going and i'm still there now so from 2007 to uh now um yeah i've been uh been the one i guess consistent commentator of epw and um I sort of say it with it with an interesting breath, like, damn, it's been a long time. Yeah. But um, it's not to say it with any, I guess, uh, hesitation or um, dislike because I absolutely love what I get to do. And yeah. um, there's nothing I'd rather do than, than that. I, I do different announcing and things like that. But um, wrestling is the, one of the things I will prioritize uh, over all others just because I love it so much. Yeah, definitely. And um, you, you mentioned some of those other things. We will touch on that as well as we go on. Um, but obviously, trial by fire the first time, you've now got a little bit of experience under your belt, to say the least. Um, <laughs> what what sort of goes into preparing for a, a wrestling show? Because you, you mentioned the, um, I guess, the show part of it, the entertainment part mm-hmm. of it. So what sort of um, prep would you do as a commentator going into an event these days? Like these, like these days currently, yeah, um, yeah. Because I've been doing it so long, I've got my routine down pretty well. Um, the most important thing is know what you're dealing with. So um, obviously, you need to know the the card, what matches are going to be there. That's obviously quite important. Um, I always take notes on uh, a few different things. I'll take notes on uh, recent history. So basically, uh, within the world of wrestling, because it, it kind of for lack of a better term, it's almost seasonal in the fact of like a calendar year. A lot of yeah. uh, like sort of storylines will go. So I'll run with uh, note taking and, and you know, reminding myself of what they've been up to in this most recent year, almost recent sort of um, uh, storyline that they're going through. Um, I'll then take extra notes on like their career history. 
So like title wins or notable things they've done throughout the years, if they've traveled interstate, if they've traveled international, stuff like that about the individuals. Um, I'll take notes about their feuds as well. Like if they're feuding with like, I don't know, let's just say me and you are feuding. I'll talk oh. about, this will, this will just be the, uh, the People the have said that before. Yeah. <laughs> which is furthest from the truth. That's, okay, we love that's, each other. That, that is weird. Uh, okay. Um. <laughs> wait, wait, hey, wait. No, you can't say that's weird when I uh, when I say we love each other because it sounds like you were talking about that part and not the fact no, that No, no, no. The feuding. fact that people think we're feuding. I'm like, Christ, we've yeah. worked together for so long. Anyway, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but no. Uh, so you take say it'd be like say last show this happened between us and then coming into this show. Uh, also, like uh, anything on social media, like you know yep. you threw out some tweet throwing shade at me, or I did a video saying that I'm going to do this, that, and the other, and you know yep. notable quotes as well. I'll take a note of and stuff like that. Um, I also will make sure when it comes to like matches I've had or anything like that. I'll also make like say reference to when it was so like okay, yep. like you know like uh eric defeated um i don't know Jono back in january you know what i mean um yeah assassin but anyway <laughs> but you know what i mean like like yeah. the, my thing as well that i try and do is a lot of these stuff that I, it's it's better to take more notes than you need than to need stuff and not have it yeah um a lot That's of the times pull. a lot of yeah. the times you won't lean on your notes but it's good to have them because yep. you never know what's going to happen. Sometimes, because like, uh, even though a lot of the uh, the footage and everything can be recorded and, and posted at a later date, <laughs> it's it's recorded live to tape, right? Yeah. Um, as opposed to like other things I've done that are completely live as happens. Um, yeah. You need to be ready for anything. And it's good to have things in your back pocket to lean on that you can throw out there. It's good to be well prepared. And you need to know your stuff in many different realms and it's not always going to be there at the front of your mind. So it's good to have a little note of like, ah, oh, that's right. Don't forget to mention this. Um, also, uh, my main thing when I first started commentating wrestling was I knew all the moves. Like yeah. not only wasn't an avid, like um, I guess student of wrestling knowing what's what, but like I also used to play all the video games and create all my own characters and you'd see all these moves that if you didn't know what they, na- they named, you do now. So, yeah. like, that was one thing that I, you know, obviously in the play-by-play side of wrestling, you need to know the names of what's what or what's happening. But I think also now I do a lot more, I guess, color commentary or I mix it up between the two. But yeah, just just know what you're dealing with. And if you don't know what you're dealing with, at least be able to sound like you do. And, yeah. um, and that's the thing. Like, a lot of times with calling anything or announcing anything, you've got to, you've got to sound like you know what you're doing. You know what I mean? Um, so much of it, you know, the whole fake it till you make it is very true too. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a funny thing because, um, with wrestling, it's good. The commentary legitimizes it. I feel you're, you're calling okay. what is a artistic performance, let's say, and you're calling it like it's a real sport and I've called real sport and, and, and continue to do so. But I think the commentary in wrestling helps legitimize it, that it's good to take it seriously and treat it seriously. You know what I mean? If some yeah. people are getting too hokey or having too much fun or I guess, you know, like taking the mickey out of it to an extent, it doesn't make it, it doesn't fuel that suspension of disbelief, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And to your point there, if, uh, if the commentary team aren't taking it seriously, then why would you Exactly. sort of thing? Yeah. So yeah. Um, you're right. And, um, you know, there's uh, we, we spoke about it a little bit beforehand, but, you know, sometimes the... You know, uh, and as a commentator as well, commentators are a big part of it. 
but mm. we're the uh, we're the things on the side making the main meal better. We're not the steak or the vegetarian version of steak, whichever way you do it. Um, so for guys who like try and make it about themselves or try and just crack jokes or things like that, and you know, you can have a sense of humor, you can make lighter things, but it should add to context or add to enjoyment, not just add to your own profile. Well, that's the thing as well. I, I, I take issue with this quite often because people will like to, I guess, either promote themselves or uh, uh, put themselves over when it comes to commentary. But if you're commentating anything, it's not about you. Mm. It's about the, the presentation like you're not on camera uh, whilst a match is happening. Like you're there to be heard, not to be seen, which I think in my case is, is so much better. Um, <laughs> but like the fact of the matter is you're watching two people wrestle or you're watching a basketball game or a football game or a fight or yeah. whatever. You're there to build up what people are seeing, help tell the story along with what you're seeing. And they don't want to hear about your uh, meal you had the night before or uh, you trying to make a silly joke, which is, if anything, going to detract from what you're supposed to be immersed in. Um, it's, yeah, it, it's very much like you said. It's a, it can be kind of thankless in that regard as well, but I'm perfectly okay with it. And I, I like to be able to add to something that is already done well by people that are good at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you got to, one thing if you want to get into this game is like check your ego at the door because it's not about you. You can do a great job and that in itself is satisfying, but don't try and think, hey, I'm going to, you know, bash out a bunch of zingers and make a lot of fun at the expense of what people are essentially tuning in to watch, um, for lack of a better term. Yeah, that's a good point because you, you don't know who's tuning in and they've obviously made that um, that effort and that conscious decision to tune in and watch it from wherever they're watching it. And for whatever reason, they can't make it to a live show or live game or whatever. So you're exactly right. You want to add to the experience, even if there is humor or whatever involved, it has to add to it and not sort of take away to try and be that uh, look at me. Sort yeah, of the it, part it, of it. Exactly, Eric. And that's like, well, I mean, we, we've spoken about it before as well in our, in our time working together. Like you, you are supposed to add to it, not take away from it. And you, yourself and, and, and me, Eric, we're both big footy fans. And we often will talk about football commentary and there's certain commentators that will just talk about themselves or just talk utter rubbish. And it's yeah. like, I don't want that whilst I'm watching my game of footy. Yeah. Like, tell me stats on someone, call what's happening or, uh, you know, you can, you can mention yourself. That's not a bad thing, but don't make it all about yourself or don't just try and make it as a platform. And like yeah. you said, it's like, hey, look at me. Um, like, you know, uh, there's there's many examples in football of of good commentary versus bad commentary. Um, I'm I'm a massive uh, watching footy wise, uh, massive Dennis Cometti fan. Mm. He's someone who would throw a joke out here or there, but he'd pick yeah. his moments. Yeah, he wouldn't make the joke when the game's on the line. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he wouldn't make the joke when there's like a really solid play happening or something like that. You know what I mean? I know you're a big McAvaney fan, yes, and um, yeah. I mean both of these guys. To are me, shining. he's the goat. McAvaney's uh, the goat. They're, they're His enthusiasm both, is incredible. Oh, his stats work is just phenomenal. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. These these two are probably as, as good an example of great commentary as you can find in any walk of life. And the thing that obviously Comedy uh, is very AFL-focused, the thing mm. that just blows my mind is how many sports uh, McAvaney spanned in his, yeah. his career. Like 
He's, he's called horse racing, Olympics, and stuff like that. And every single time... He was doing the Matildas too, man, like the, as, as a host, not the commentator, but... Regardless, still he's yeah. on the money every time. Like, it's... Mm. it's it's. I mean, if, if you're looking for, for people to, to look up to or whatever, you, you couldn't find much better than those two. Um, but anyway, I've, I've gotten so far away from my point, I can't remember where we were. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> well, one of the key things about being a commentator is getting to the point and moving. No. Um, <laughs> um, but it, I will kind of tie into, I guess, the um, you mentioned some things there that you, you do like and you don't like from a commentator. Let's drill it down on pro wrestling. What if, if I'm, well, I was going to say, if I was, but I actually probably came to you with this conversation six years ago, but if I'm to come to you and say, how do I be a good pro wrestling commentator? What's the, I guess, the tips you would give me straight out of the bat? Okay. You got to be comfortable. Okay. If you're nervous or you're really uneasy or your general, I guess, um, dialogue with people in general isn't good. And mm. don't get me wrong, some people just have, like, can have social anxieties and all the rest, but, like, you, you've got to be comfortable enough with your own voice, your own ability to go, because some people, um, like, it's a, it's a, uh, the commentary is as much a performance as it is whatever it is you're calling. Yeah. Um, but um, don't be afraid to, to go, you know what I mean? Some people I've, I've commentated with had to, go, had to try with, them like, oh, you know, I was thinking about doing this or maybe I was, you know, I was, I was going to try that. It's like, well, when it's happening, you got to go. You got to yes. think quick, but also don't take too long to think. Mm. Um, you want to commit with you, whatever it is. Like if you're making a point, you got you to stick with it. Otherwise, it's going to go one or two ways <laughs> um, for better or worse. And sometimes you're going you're gonna to mess the bed. You know what I mean? Sometimes not every call is going to go great. Sometimes things aren't going to go, you know, certain things, you, your points you're trying to make might not come out right, but th that just happens. You've mm. just got to constantly move because um, I guess music's the same. Uh, yeah. When music starts, there's a count in and the clock's ticking. It's constant. The timing is constantly going. When you're calling uh, a sporting event or a wrestling match or whatever, it is a constant moving thing. Don't get too bogged down in what was when the things move past it. Um, like, one thing, like I said, as well, obviously, you know, check your ego at the door. Don't don't think that, you know, um, this is about you if you're going to commentate because it's not. It's a, it's about the um, the uh, the event that you're yep. calling. Um, I would also say um, uh, do your prep, do your do your work and know your stuff. Um, also, I guess, are we talking straight commentary or just getting involved in, like, wrestling and things in general? Just the straight commentary part of it. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so... That would be a whole other like five part series if we were talking wrestling etiquette. To be brutally honest, oh, look, not even etiquette. I was just going to say that like if you want your foot in the door, don't be afraid to do like you know, don't, don't be afraid to to do the, all the kicking task is what you were, I think you were going with. <laughs> yeah, like don't, yeah, yeah. don't 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 be don't be afraid to do anything and everything just to to, to be a part and, and do your bit. But um, well, you proved that with the radio. I mean, as as you said, you would be that dependable, reliable type. And that's what's going to build up your, I guess, your your profile and your rapport within whatever uh, organization, team, business, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. So that's a life. Uh, that's a life skill that uh, probably transcends just commentary. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I guess more to the point as well is is know your stuff. Like I said, um, in regards to know the product. Um, even if you had, I don't know, say if if I was going to go 
and call a wrestling show over east with a company i've never seen before i'd make sure even if i can't physically see content which would be very strange in 2023 (laughs) you could at least look up results and familiarize yourself with what you're doing um have different things in your arsenal so to speak that you can lean on if needed like one thing if you're um content wise pardon me not knowing your um i guess storylines or anything like that at least know that you can go when it comes time to call different spots or exchanges in wrestling as well. Like be knowledgeable of what it is. Um, know when to go, what level as well. Um, I remember you and I used to, was it you and I? Uh, I think it was me and Luke. Used I see to talk how about, it is. Are we, it all, a, we all just the same to you. We all just blend oh. together. <laughs> well, we used to talk about Mauro Ronaldo, um, who was a uh, MMA commentator and, yeah. and commentated WWE for a bit. And this is a man that when the bell rang and the match started, he was like at 100 on his level of enthusiasm and yelling and screaming. Yeah. I don't think that's a good way to do it. No, you need, no. you need dynamics. You need to build to the big spots and build to these things. And don't get me wrong, be enthusiastic, mm. but you need to like pick and choose your moments to sort of, I guess, go ham for lack of a better term. Um, the well, other I thing... Think, oh, go on. Yeah, sorry, just with that one, because see, it's one thing to be enthusiastic the entire time, but also like on the, the the other side of it, if you're not enthusiastic the entire time, I think you've got one tone, whether it's positive or sort of more reserved, people can tune out because yeah. it's just, there's, there's no change to it. And, and to your earlier point, it just doesn't add to what's happening. So, yeah. Yeah. It's all about dynamics, man. Like, and that's one thing that I do as well. I'll, um, I'll talk at a, a usual regular tone. There are parts where you can sort of lower it down and make it a bit more sort of, um, I guess quieter for lack of a better term. Mm. Um, there's other times when you yell and go all up and about and stuff. But the other thing that I'll do is I'll mix up my pacing of how I talk. Okay. So like if the action's getting a bit quicker and trading holds and things like that, you start going almost like a like a horse racing caller. You know what I mean? Like you can mix that up as well. So just have have a bit of dynamics uh, ready to go too. Um, you, you obviously don't want to go in there w- without sort of, um, like I said, your preparation. Because like I said, there are, can be sort of down times or things happening where there's not a lot to talk about so you can have these like oh yeah but you know don't forget this man is this is the same guy that did this this and that and he's traveled over here and done that back there um and and things like that um this guy's the foreigner he has beliefs that are different to your own (laughs) he's not from around (laughs) here dude exactly right um the other thing is regardless of how you're feeling on the day like you can't bring that to the table when it's time to go yeah, and um, this is something that sounds very um, cruel. Uh, it sounds not nice, but like um, everyone can have bad days uh, mm. on, on the mic or off the mic. Like sometimes, you know, life can can throw a number of things at you. But when it comes to you having to perform, you got to check that stuff at the door because if you do an average job at something that is like, say, a performance art or something that people are paying to see. Um, they don't care about your story about how like, you know, you got a flat tire on the way to the show and you're feeling a bit, you know, a bit stroppy. Um, you know, I guess that's a pretty basic thing, but you know what I mean? Like you've got to, you've got to be able to, I guess, uh, throw yourself all in when it's time to go. Basically when that, uh, it's a, I guess it's more of a TV term when, when the light is on and you got to go, you got to go. Um, you know, you, you can't, I guess, sit back and and second guess and, oh, but you know, oh yeah, but you know, it was a little bit not good because, you know, this, that, and the other. It's like, look, things can sometimes not go good, but uh, you, you can't be sort of sitting back being like, you know, 
oh yeah but hear me out you know what i mean like sometimes i like i, I, I mess up all the time you know some people are like oh man you called this person this instead of that i'm like yeah <laughs> it's like it's like you're, you're calling a, a million miles a minute and you know the the clock doesn't stop um yeah. so you sometimes mistakes might get made and this is one thing that i'll always say to um uh people that that will join me on commentary that, that haven't done it before or like i uh, say uh recently we, the, the person that has replaced you on commentary i'm always like don't get flustered if you stuff up or you say something wrong just keep rolling just keep yeah. moving um yeah. Keep on rolling, baby. Um, <laughs> you know what time it is. <laughs> um, yeah, things like that. It's, it's about keeping a level head, I guess, as well as sort of uh, not just knowing what to do at the moment, but also know the destination. You know what I mean? Yeah. We all know where we're going to. We're going to a victory at the end or, a, a, I guess, a, in a sporting sense, it's like the next point, you know, on the board or, um, you know, the next the next big, big shot or anything like that. So, um, you know, you can also look at it as, a, I guess, a cycle of um you know build and 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 hit and then sort of you know build back up again and stuff like that um yeah just my, my biggest that. thing is back yourself yeah just on that i mean you mentioned knowing where you're going and and you know pro wrestling's a little bit different you know uh unlike the uh the recent nfl promo video where they handed out the script for the season uh when you're commentating sport you don't know what's happening but you know, not to shatter any illusions, but with pro wrestling, the the outcome is fixed um, in terms of that. So I know uh, when you go back to the Attitude Era, uh, which was, for, for those listening may not be aware, it's sort of the late 1990s, early 2000s, um, where pro wrestling was the biggest thing really around the world, to be honest. It was uh, two big companies going head to head about it, and you would see Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock, so names that you've probably heard of. But um, there were two commentators that were a really big part of the, the WWF side of things, being uh, Jerry the King Lola and Jim Ross. And it was said that Jerry Lola um, didn't know, didn't want to know what was happening, whereas Jim Ross kind of wanted to prepare for it. It might have been the other way around, sort of like, you know, didn't come across as too scripted or whatnot. Do you have a preference in that in that camp? Do you Would you rather not know what's going to happen or... Do you find knowing, I guess, the desired outcome helps you structure your commentating in a better way? Yeah, so I in the past I've been torn, but I'd prefer to know just for the simple fact that I can sort of tailor it towards whichever way we're going. But the main reason why is that I've um, had a number of occasions where I haven't known the outcome and certain things have happened, you know, like little twists or turns that I wasn't in on that I was kind of like, I really should have known that uh, just because it sounds really sort of janky on, on yep. a calling behalf only because you're kind of thinking it's going to go one or two ways and it goes a third way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause uh, like, I guess it's, it's hard to explain if, if people aren't into wrestling, but sometimes there's, I guess, X factors in matches where like, it's not as simple as a winner or a loss. Yeah. You know what it I mean? It might be and, like a bad guy joining forces with another good guy and mm. all of a sudden, that you didn't expect that because that good guy's been a hero the entire time. And all of a sudden, bad guy comes out and there's a no result. And you've got to sort of react and try and interpret for the, I guess, the viewer what this relationship is without having any, I guess, forewarning yourself. Yeah, I mean, the most recent example of that was um, I've, I've been involved in these uh, No Ring Deathmatch shows for a oh, company yes, called, yeah. uh, called Dude Where's My Ring recently. And they mm. had a matchup that's like a timed rounds match and there's a whole bunch of rules. It's, it's, it's quite fun, actually. But there was one match where we didn't know, like we knew who was going to win, but we didn't know the ins and outs of it. And what we didn't know was that the fifth round was going to end in a draw and there was going to be a sixth round. 
Oh, okay. I was not in on this. <laughs> so we're kind of sitting there just sort of like talking and talking. They're kind of like, they're waiting for us to sort of like wrap it up and do this to move on. So it was kind of like a miscommunication that I yeah. could have been aware of if I actually, uh, I, look, I, I put it on myself because I mean, mm. not only did no one tell me, but I also didn't ask. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's the other thing as well. Never be afraid to ask any questions to anyone. Like it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it always helps. Talk talk to people if you can um, in the build up to a, to a wrestling event or anything like the wrestlers themselves or anyone involved in the uh, promotion. You can, uh, yeah, you can never learn too much. Yeah, yeah, no, um, and I think that again with anything, just ask the question, and more more often than not, people are going to want to help you, regardless of what your field of commentary is. Uh, I'm glad you you mentioned there that you do the the other shows now as well. So, uh, dude, where's my ring? Is one that's been uh, kind of recently popped up in Perth. Uh, you've also done EPW for so long. You've done showcase events, which is kind of like the EPW training school shows. Um, you've also done uh, back in the day. Uh, I think SHWA. So you've done a whole bunch of different styles of essentially the same art form, professional wrestling. Do you find you have to prepare or change your style depending on which promotion that you're uh, you're commentating for? Do you have like a, I guess a standard skill set that you can maybe just put a little bit of extra flavor, um, you know, relevant to that particular show that you're calling? Yeah, look, I, I'm always going to be me and I'm always going to do my thing, but the, the, I'll, I'll always do things differently when I'm with a different company. Uh, and that'll also happen just by the, the nature of the beast itself. EPW is, I guess, my bread and butter, so to speak, because I've done it for so long. Um, when we do the showcase events, we did one last night, actually. Um, and it's like, you know, a lot of trainees, people who are like sometimes the first time they've ever been in a matchup and Wally who calls me was like, yeah, I just didn't really know what to say. And I'm like, that's when you lean, lean on your fundamentals. You just yep. call basic things, when in doubt, call the action that's in front of you or just talking quite generalizations, yep. you know what I mean? Or what you're seeing in front of you with their presentation. Um, it, it might sound a little simple when I say it, but it's just that I've been doing it so long. Um, with the deathmatch shows, the, it's very loose. So it, it lends itself to a lot of fun and silliness as well. And the one thing about that, which is interesting is... Um, they're okay with vulgar language. So <laughs> they're in I, your wheelhouse. You've yeah, done know, right? so far. Thanks, man. There was, there was um, a moment you were close, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> Mess the bed. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. I was very, very uh, pleased with that. that no, but the thing is, it's, it's weird for me because in everyday life, I, I, I swear like a, like a sailor, but... Um, <laughs> in, Case in point. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, like, when I'm doing my any, any of my announcing, because I used to have a joke with the guy who did production in radio. He's like, they'll never put you live. You swear too much. But I, yeah. I, I put on that announcer tone and, and a, a switch like flicks inside me that I just don't mm. use that kind of language. So it's weird doing those shows where I can say it. And I try not to overdo it. But the thing is with those shows is because it's deathmatch wrestling and it's crazy weapons, you can be so stupidly over the top and it's at home there. Yeah. Well, because so- it doesn't look out of place because um, your little context for, for the deathmatch wrestling as such is they use pretty outlandish weapons, a bit of blood and oh, gore, yeah. which probably appeals to your, your <laughs> horror instincts. But, yeah. you know, uh, like uh, weapons such as like barbed wire, um, thumbtacks, yeah, like, light, uh, light tubes, tubes, glass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. so it's, it's a it's a pretty extreme version of the of the entertainment form. Yeah, the last show, someone got a pile driver on a printer. Um. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait! No, 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 no! I was just talking about how extreme these sorts of things are, which is probably an overused term for that type of match in that industry. But uh, and I've gone. 
thumbtacks. I've gone these barbed wires, spikes like the bottom of the Mortal Kombat pit, and you've gone, and a printer was involved. Yeah, so so ne- the- next week we've got the Gutenberg press as a weapon, yeah. have we? Well, the thing was, the, the, the stipulation for that matchup was, was a curbside collection match. So- <laughs> 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 and because people, this stuff goes on YouTube and people watch it all around the world. I went yep. through a point of the match where I was like explaining what curbside collection is because a lot of other countries might not do that. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. So I think- you, need, you need to give a bit of background to your audience because you never know who's watching. Um, But anyway, with stuff like that, you can go a bit wild, a bit silly, a bit over the top, but also, like, you know, say when something very graphic happens in EPW, you'll kind of, like, try and excuse it and be like, this isn't what normally happens, and, you know, kind of, I'm sorry if anyone's squeamish, whereas those ones, you kind of relish in the violence and the -the over-the-top stuff, whereas calling uh, Southern Hemisphere Wrestling Alliance, they were a bit more family-orientated and had Mm. a lot more sort of, I guess, fun about what they did, so you can be a bit sillier. Um, yep. Not so much in, in cracking jokes, but you can be a bit more lighthearted with how you're calling it. Uh, yep. Not so much like you're calling it a gold medal game at the Olympics, but more so like you, you know, you're you're like hosting. Um, I don't even kind of think of a reference. Like you're hosting a comedy show. You know what I mean? But yep. without without you know detracting from what's in front of you, but you can have fun with it. Be a bit more silly, and uh, yeah, I try and do things differently when I'm due to my surroundings. You know what I mean? You got to be adaptable to what you're doing. Like. Um, you know, if I'm calling a death match and going on about like the the gore and sort of like how over the top it is and things like that and saying swear words and and reacting so outlandishly, you wouldn't do it if you're calling a match up of like real great technical wrestling and yeah. trading holds and you know uh, mastery on the mat or whatever. You know, I'm just trying to make up cliches now. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it's it's you gotta you gotta adapt to your surroundings. I've called like a like fight events before and ring announce yep. fight events and then like ring announcing is completely different to your commentary as well. Yep. Um, you know, just n- know your stuff, move with it. And um, obviously uh, fill the product as well, because uh, every one of every single one of them is different. It, it's like uh, even calling the basketball, you know what I mean? Each team's different. You know, well, I'm glad you, you segued into that. Cause that's where we were sort of going down um, this path, you know, you call basketball and, and you were very helpful. I was going to say very helpful. You are the reason I got into it. Um, the NBL one West. Um, so obviously um, as far as I'm aware, there's no scripted outcomes there. Although, <laughs> although in round one, <laughs> in round have... one when Mackenzie clinch Hoykard shot it from beyond the half court line and it was called waved off by like a second or not even that against the Eastern Suns. I thought, well, there's a little bit of Hollywood in that, but um, she's, how she's do you find, player, by the way? Oh yeah. Big I mean, fan. I think, uh, you know, without uh, giving away t- too much, I think people know that my blue and green allegiance, uh, you know, which hopefully doesn't come across on the call, but because it's a podcast, I can say whatever I want. Go Senators. Exactly. exactly. It's, it's um, your podcast. You can, you can do anything you like. Just means I'm not going to get any players from any other teams, but uh, <laughs> to come on as a guest. But um, to the NBL one, how, how does that come about? Because obviously by that time, you've probably got about 15 years around that mark of wrestling and combat. Um, so, you know, even though combat ones like whether it's boxing or MMA, there's probably, you know, some parallels with wrestling, which we'll touch on at another time. But um, how does that come about? What, why do you transition to doing some more sort of, uh, I guess, straight down the line sports? Well, it's kind of funny. Um, timing is everything, I guess. It'd be uh, funny in, now in if you prefaced it with that. Yeah, okay, it's not funny. That all in. Isn't it ironic? Yes, <laughs> yes. Don't don't you think? No. Um, so. I like, like, like I said, I've done like doing like Muay Thai or MMA or like ring announcing and stuff like that. It's, it's combat sports. I guess wrestling is like a fictitious combat sport, but mm. I mean, it's, 
you know, some people take offense to that, but it is what it is. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I like sports. I, I thoroughly enjoy my football. I, I like basketball. Grew up in the in the 90s boom era of the NBA and NBL for that matter as well, locally. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. God, you don't need me to tell you, Eric. Um, yeah. <laughs> give me some, give me some Wildcats rap any day of the week. Yeah, yeah. You and I, you and I bond about our uh, love of the Alabama Slammer, James Crawford. Oh. Uh, yeah. That's why uh, people need to like. I love Bryce Cotton, but to me, the reason why the Perth Wildcats are think you think James Crawford and uh, and I mean no disrespect to anyone else who's who's wore the the red or the red and the black or the black and the gold or uh, the grey and the red for a little while as well. <laughs> but oh, yeah, um, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was thing. But to me, like. And I know Ricky Grace is still in in town and does some great things in basketball. Yeah, but see, Crawford was before Grace. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. That, like, that's, James that Crawford's that, the man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He was, that, he was, he was over East. East, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> season first, I think, as well. It might have been, uh, I want to say Canberra off the top of my head. might have been Geelong. It's one of those two. But really? Back in Geelong and Canberra. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he, he actually had a season elsewhere. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure of it. Now I'm just going to be made full when someone goes, what? Corrections. But yeah, um, Edit it out. But uh, anyway, yeah, 90s basketball is all the rage, <laughs> NBL. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, okay, so basically how it came about, it was two thousand, early 2001. Um, uh, I was 39 at the time and it was in the lead up to my 40th <laughs> birthday. Uh, this, is, this is important for context. Oh, okay. So um, someone tagged, because people know what I do and yeah. that I do a lot of announcing. Like I've hosted quiz nights as well and hosted... Mm. God, man, I've I've done like hosting events for all sorts of things. Um, I've like emceed weddings, I've emceed funerals, I've done anything and everything. Like I, I did uh, quiz hosting for years as well. And someone tagged me online and it said the uh, NBL one, which was just starting up that year, yep. uh, previously was the SBL. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew of the SBL. I had no idea what NBL one was. Um, but there was this little ad that was on Facebook of all things saying, you know, do you fancy yourself to be the next? next commentator of basketball and rah, rah, rah. And someone tagged me and I was like, huh, I like basketball. I'm like, never even thought about trying it before, but I thought, yeah. man, I'll give it a crack. I reckon I could do this. Like my knowledge of basketball is, I guess, a little thin, especially compared to yourself, Eric. Um, but I know, again, like I've said before, you know your product and you know enough. You can make anything work. And I've said mm. this before as well, knowing how to announce well enough can actually make you a better announcer than someone that knows the ins and outs so well, but yes. doesn't quite have the announcing skill. And yeah. um, so I, I messaged him and applied within, as it said, um, to, to get involved and have a tryout so much. So I went down to the uh, Bendat Basketball Stadium, met the people involved, and uh, you know I made sure I wore a pair of Jordans and I wore my Lakers shirt <laughs> and uh, you know dressed accordingly, I thought. Um, and it was a really weird thing because I rocked up on the day and they're like, okay, cool. You know, what, do you, what's your sort of background? And the other thing that's on my side is, is my, my history and my resume, so to speak. So I was like, Hey, yeah. you know, I did radio announcing for 16 years. I've done, I've commentated wrestling for this many years. Uh, Muay Thai, I've done both ring announcing and this hosting events and all that sort of stuff. And they're kind of like, okay, wow. You, you okay, cool. You got a, a good background. And they're like, mate, you know, they're like, what do you know about basketball? And I was like, I know enough. Um, you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm like, hopefully, I hopefully you didn't leave it there. I know enough. That's all no, right. no, no, no. I was, I was, like, I was like, you know, I sort of said about, about it, about my, my, my enjoyment for the sport. And, you know, I, yeah. I quite like NBA. My, uh, my NBL following is, uh, is, uh, is thin at best, but I was like, you mm. know, I, I can't say I've actively followed the SBL and they're like, that's not important right now. We just need to know that you know the sport. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. 
I know the rules and I know what the the the, uh, uh, the goal of playing the game is. Not that I was. I, I played one season when I was a kid and I was absolutely terrible. What um, position? What did you play? I don't even know. I was like year three. I don't oh, know year three, positions. just anywhere. Yeah. yeah, it was it was just run. Um, <laughs> one that side of the court to the other side of the court. Yeah, yeah. And someone yeah. throw it at the the round thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we wore white singlets though. Um, That's and, an I, odd. And, and I wore number odd one. Remember of it? Yeah. Well, it was, uh, <laughs> your I've class got, strip was it? I've got I've got a photo of myself when I'm a kid holding a basketball with my yes. with my number one singlet on. And um and I was like yeah that's about as, as best I looked as a basketballer anyway I digress <laughs> um so I rocked up and they were like all right cool so what we're gonna do is there was some games happening at Bendat and they were like don't get bogged down with player names or anything like that we just want you to call the general sport I was like oh yeah cool man no worries and um they were gonna put they were, they were pairing up people to to do uh, a patch of calling I think it was like maybe a quarter and um. Then Wait, do they me- have like live guinea pigs, like actual basketballers, or like off a monitor? No, no, there was actual games happening. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was like I don't know what it was. It was some sort of like lightning carnival or something like that was going on. There was nonstop basketball all day. Was it so, NBA one guys? No, it was probably it was preseason. The season hasn't started yet. Because um, I was but, just trying to think if it was around the West Coast Classic time, um, the pandemic affected season. But sorry, no, please go. Yeah. On. So well, it was two thousand and one. So it was when things were starting to move oh. again. Um, did I say 2001, 2021? You did, but I wasn't going to correct you. Yeah, that's okay. I'm a good, good friend. Correct me all you want, man. We know each other well enough. Um, so it came for my time to go, and the person that I, they lined me up to call with didn't show. Um, and I was like, really? oh, okay, awkward. I'm like, so they're like, oh yeah, look, we'll we'll get you to do a bit. They're like, like, how would you feel doing it on your own? I'm like, I've called wrestling on my own. I'm like, I'm. I'm, I'm confident enough that I'll be able to do it. You know, like, yeah. again, like I said earlier on, like, you know, you can basically BS your way through things. I was like, mm. yeah, sure, I can do it on my own. And they had me call on my own for about, I can think, half a quarter. And they threw someone in with me just at the last minute who was one of their regular guys. Yeah. And um, I was like, yeah, okay, cool, cool, cool. And I sort of did my thing. And they were kind of like, oh, I noticed when you were calling, you kind of would pull up a bit at the end. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, I wasn't sure on the fouls that we were getting called and stuff like that. And they're like, okay, right, right, right. And then at the end, they were kind of like, yeah, the, you did really good, man. And they were very happy with it. And they're like, yeah, we, we'd like to get you involved if you want. And I was like, hell yeah. I'm like, sign me up. I'm keen if as you, hell. If you want. <laughs> nah, yeah, I just yeah. thought I'd drive well, out you know, they, were, they, were, they were like sort of <laughs> saying, yeah. They were basically said at the end, they were like, look, we, you did really well. Um, oh, yeah. and in, in comparison to the, a lot of the other people, like you're announcing is really good and stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, awesome. Sweet. That's great to know. I'm like, um, yeah, but I'm also like, what do you think I could do to do better? Like, that's the other thing to anyone doing any form of announcement, get feedback yes. and honestly try and get as much bad feedback as you can and mm. don't get all sooky face about it. Learn from what you can do better by finding out what you're doing. Not so well. Oh, um, big time, yeah. like, don't get me wrong saying, oh yeah, that was great. That's awesome, but I can't learn from that. Mm. Like, hey, man, maybe you should try this or, you know, this could have been better or you, you, you did this, that or the other that, you know, that stuff's great. Um, but yeah, anyway, so um, again, I'm, I'm going off the track, but um, they, were, they were happy with what I did and they said, yeah, we'd be keen to get you involved. And I was like, sweet. And that particular night, I didn't know, but uh, it was my surprise 40th birthday party. And, was that the um, same day? The same day. Wow. Because uh, we, cause I had no idea. We were just going to go out and have a couple of drinks and a meal. And, and you um, never were, by the way. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> I was, I had no idea this was going to be a surprise party, but the thing was, I was like, Hey, look, if I've got to do my trial on the Sunday, not the Saturday, I'm not going to drink anything. Cause I want to be good for this. And yeah, apparently that caused a bit of panic. 
And um, then I sort of like, I felt like I'd gotten away with murder by getting the NBL one people to agree to have me. I was like, oh man, score, I fooled them. You know, <laughs> you already I mean? had a great day. Oh, as it was. Man, I've, I've, I've massive imposter syndrome even after all these years. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah, and I did a post on my Facebook. And I was like, never underestimate the power of good BSing. And um, people <laughs> thought that, they, that I knew that this party was happening. I was still oblivious. But uh, that's why, obviously, you we were, were there. worried. We yeah. were genuinely worried yeah. when you posted and, uh, that. Uh, that. I remember that awesome. now. I didn't remember it was about NBL one though. It is also the reason why that night I'm wearing my Lakers shirt because I'm wearing what I wore to the thing. I'm wearing my Jordans <laughs> and my Lakers singlet and stuff like that. I was all like basketballed up. Um, so I was pumped. I was like, I had the biggest win of my life that I'm going to get to call basketball, which I'm like, I'm always keen to try new things and like you know mm. I want to call different sports and have a crack at different things that will not only make me a better announcer but are a great challenge for me too. And I was so stoked to be a part of this thing, especially because it was like an, the whole thing, the whole initiative about the NBL one was not only was it going to be what the SBL was, but it's yeah. also Australia wide. Yeah. And I was like, man, this is so cool. Like, you know what I mean? There's like, obviously, you know, now better than I do. Like you've called nationals twice now. Um, like it, it's, it spans the whole country and makes it more cohesive. Um, yeah. It literally is the NBL one. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> um, and it was so cool. And then from there, I've learned a lot in my days there and stuff. And what's funny is, um, when did you get involved in it, Eric? 22? Yeah, yeah. So this this uh, was the end of my second season. So 2022, yeah. Right. So I got you on. I, I, I like, because during this first season I was doing, I remember saying to you, I'm like, man, you are, you are someone who needs to do this. This is so so well suited for you. Like your, your knowledge of basketball, like surpasses mine immensely. Um, I know how good you are as an announcer and a commentator as well. And I just thought you getting a chance to do this, you would just like, like you're light years beyond what, what I do in that realm. And um, I, I say that without thank any, you, um, no, any like, you. like backhanded compliments either, yeah, man. It's like, it's been that. awesome. I've, I like the fact we've got to call basketball together has been great. <laughs> Because it, it almost feels like a flipping of the situation we called wrestling together. Because I feel I've learned from you calling basketball like oh, wow. you would learn from me in the wrestling. Because uh, yeah. you you're getting a lot more games now because you've lined yourself up with a team, and that's something well, that they've that they've got they've sort of said to us like you know align yourself up with a team and you mm. can stick with those teams when you're not doing the, the the main games. You can also be their um I guess their extra. You know what I mean? That yeah. They pair you up with. Um, whereas I, I haven't done that because I'm, uh, I lead a ridiculous uh, social life and busy schedule things <laughs> yeah. that I do. You're a hard I'm man like, to get get a hold of. To be yeah, honest. so I'm like, I'm just like, oh look, I'll just do whatever they throw at me, which leads me to be thrown into a, a bunch of different teams and that. But um, the NBL one has been so awesome because, um, it, like I said, it's, it's not only different; it's a challenge. Like sometimes I can, I can call a wrestling show and and like you know, I, I know what I'm doing here. And even with the, uh, the the predetermined nature as well, you never know what you're going to get at a basketball game. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's – and I, I, the thing I say with wrestling, just to keep flip-flopping like I am, is <laughs> it's easy to call good wrestling. You show how good a commentator you are when you're calling bad wrestling. You know, that's oh, where yeah. the challenge lies because you've got to put over something average like it's really good. And you and I both know now calling NBL one is that sometimes you have games that are absolute blowouts. Yeah, yeah. You can't sugarcoat that a team is getting absolutely flogged and there's no chance of them coming back. But you've got to push that enthusiasm. You've got to engage in a way that is so much more challenging than anything I've done in pro wrestling. Yeah, we, we were um, fortunate uh, in the NBL one, uh, I guess, uh, commentators that the beginning of the 2023 season, we had that, um, that Zoom meeting with uh, Jack Heverin, who... 
uh, many people know does a lot of the basketball, the, the AFLW he was doing the other night as well. Um, and where he was sharing those sorts of tips is like, you know, be conversational, be prepared to get into that mode where you can talk things when the, the game may not be um, going in a really engaging way, but you can always add something to what you're seeing on the screen. Like, tell me why, if the, the result is 40 points apart, tell me why it's still important that this person's out there or tell me a bit about yeah. that person's story or the story of that club. And then you're right. It's that's where the, I guess the true, um, uh, the test comes as a commentator because not anyone could do it, but um, you know, if you've got it's an exciting harder, it's, game, it's, it's, it's a lot if you've got an exciting think, game. Man. Yeah. Yeah. If you've got an exciting game, that kind of does most of the lift heavy lifting for you. Yeah. It's, it's easy. Yeah. Um, just to take a step back, I don't know if I told you the first year back in 2021, we did that. They did a zoom, similar like zoom call. Uh, yep. it, was with, it was with Cam Luke. Oh yeah. He was an absolute delight, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I adore that guy. I like he like gave us all his email address as well. I, I didn't have the balls to like uh, email him, but I was like, well, but, I mean, <laughs> you should because I'm, I'm hopefully not breaking any confidences here. But Jack did the same thing at the beginning of this season. Yeah, and I definitely hit him up a couple of times, and he was you know he's a very busy man. But he's always kind with his feedback, and I mm. think it was a generally uh, genuinely big part of any improvement that I had this year was the fact that he actually listened to the game that I, I asked him to listen to and said, okay, just when you're doing this, just sort of maybe um, lean back, let your special comments guy uh, talk more about that rather than you sort of analyze it for your special comments guy. Um, and also just the same thing, just tell me a bit more about why this, this matters and that's mm. personnel it's team wise. And so if you ask for feedback, you're going to get it no matter what level of sport, wrestling, whatever it is, you ask for it, you're going to get it. But then to your point, put it in place. No yeah. point being that person to ask for feedback and then six months later, ask that same person for feedback and they come back with the same criticism or the same yeah. critique, I should say, not criticism. But yeah, it's important. The feedback is well, so important in any role, but especially that, in the that, commentary that, that's, a, that's the thing too, because people often say in, in wrestling, because it, I guess isn't a real sport for lack of a better term. Um, mm. You know, people ask for feedback, get feedback and go, oh yeah, but this, that and the other and kind of justify why they did what they're getting. Oh, bad I, criticism I, I, I sold six t-shirts, bruh. Oh, look, whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've had five matches, but I've sold six t-shirts. Get it, around it, me. It also goes back to my point from previously that um, about, you know, no job being too big or too small. Yes. Like, yeah. like, like Jack or Cam, they don't have to do that. No. no they don't have to take time out for, bloody email number 17 saying hey man uh you know what do you think of this that or the other mm. like it's you know if you're gonna do things and get involved with different things i mean you're you're very active around uh your cricket club and things like that you've got to be involved in these worlds like um like i said man don't 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 ever get too out of your own realm don't don't get too big for your boots and think that something's below you because nothing is everyone's yep. pe people are people and everyone's just everyone's there for the same thing and uh and and it's a beautiful thing when it goes well um but it's so cool with that you know you did get that feedback from jack like that's that's awesome man and um yeah it's cool that they are doing these things with it. and then the thing that blew me away mostly when i started calling this was how good the standard of play was and how good some of the talent was like that blew me away um and i'd never called uh women's sport before aside from like a couple of women's wrestling matches in the odd like muay thai match but um i actually think i prefer calling the women's basketball than, than the men's a lot of the times because they just go so hard at it man it's like 
it's so impressive. Like it's 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 awesome. Like the NBL one has blown me away how much talent there is uh, in Australian basketball, and it's really exciting. Because especially right now, there's like world championships happening and stuff. And um, yep, yeah, yeah. yeah. As but, at um, the time of this recording, which might be uh, in the wayback machine by the time uh, this episode goes out, because we're still putting ducks in the row for the first couple of episodes. But the the World Cup um, with the Boomers is currently going on. Um, and we're gearing up as it comes into NBL and WNBL season uh, for 2023. So, um, yeah, exciting times in the basketball world. Just to round up the, I guess, a point on, I guess, being a good commentator or, or sort of being like really great at that art, as it were. Um, I mean, we were fortunate. Oh, well, I was fortunate. I won't speak for you, but we worked together for six years um, in EPW land as a, as a commentary team. Um and I think after a while we we got there. At the first, I was trying to be a little bit too funny, which uh, asked my my teachers when I was growing up, and that was probably what you saw on the report card all the time. It's clearly, things I've I've grown out of since. But um, yeah, totally, how important? Totally haven't held on to that one. No, no, definitely not. No, straight down the line. Um, so to you, commentary team dynamic. Why is that important? And uh, I guess furthermore to that, why it's, uh, it's importance. Uh, what does a good commentary team look like? What tips do you have to try and get a couple of people to work? Because NBL one land, a lot of time you're paired up with someone you may not have commentated before. So yep. what, why is a good commentary team important and, and how do you become a good commentary team? Well, as the old cliche goes, my man, teamwork makes the dream work. And um, I will reiterate your point is that I was fortunate enough to call with you in, um, in EPW when it comes to wrestling, because uh, if you've got a good, uh, rapport with the person you're calling with it not only makes it that much easier but it sounds that much better and yeah. uh, you and I were mates uh, prior to uh, you calling with me and it worked really well and uh, like even so like I, I would like like guide you in ways and like you're like you say about, about trying to be too funny in the early days it's like you just needed to find the right pocket you know what I mean and when, yeah. once you found that pocket it was perfect because like you, you picked the right moments to do it and yeah. um and it worked really well. We I, I think we had a hell of a run, and uh, I, I think we did some absolutely fantastic work. No, um, that, that hopefully and, people and you, hopefully people watching it or listening to it uh, uh, liked it as well. But um the thing with with commentary and like you said that the NBL one another thing that's such a great challenge is you rock up on the day and you don't know who you're calling with. Uh, it yeah. could be anyone the club supplies. Um and some are better than others. Not everyone is as good or as bad as you may be. Um, and the thing is, a very important thing is that um, that, that meshing, um, and it can be tricky. Timing is super important. Like you can um, throw to someone like by name or by what you say, but then there's other times where it's almost like subconscious, and you leave an opening, and that's their, pardon me, that's that's their time to jump in. Yeah, you got to know when to jump in, when not to cut people off. And I've also said as well, and this is one thing I try to stress to people as well, is um, when you're calling, it almost sounds rude. And this is something that I, that I learned in radio is how when it comes to announcing, you, you leave out a lot that it almost sounds like you're being rude or leaving things out. Like you leave out your and thens and then they yeah. and stuff like that. You also like say you make a great point about, I don't know, uh, so-and-so did this and that was really good. And then I jump in. Like you got to try not to be like, Oh, absolutely. Or yeah, no doubt. Or you don't need to reiterate at that point. You just get straight on with yours. Um, yeah. But anyway, that's beside the point. What makes a good team good is that meshing and that working together. You've got to have that goal of what you're going for 
And uh, you and I have spoken many a times that sometimes you'll get people that do just want to put themselves over and like the sound of their own voice too much. And it can cause a bit of a clash because if two people are trying to be the main voice, it can sound awful. It can sound like two people trying to talk over each other. Like, you know, you can have people having a conversation and they just want to like make it all about themselves rather than the actual uh, action itself. But I guess uh, a good thing to say, which is... uh, was one of the rocks catchphrases is know your role like you know what i mean if like if if you're doing you might just need to tell people that the rock used to be a wrestler just dwayne the rock johnson used to be a wrestler and his catchphrase was know your role before he started going in there and you know taking over franchises sorry exactly no no but but know what you're there to do so if your special comments like be awesome at your special comments don't try and cut in on the play-by-play also Mm. don't try and cut off the calling of a play with special yeah. comments type stuff. So yeah. if you've got background information on someone's, I guess, uh, credentials or um, sporting history, you don't throw that out in the middle of a play. You yeah. wait for a stoppage in play or at the end of a, of a sequence or whatever to throw that in. Um, but yeah, and, and it can be tough. But if you have a regular, um, a regular announcer that you're paired up with, then it's awesome because you get to know each other's styles, each other's quirks and things that work like that too. Um, You've just got to be really adaptable and don't be too precious. Um, Don't be afraid to to be the the second or the third in some cases um, because it's all about the, like we said at the start, about people detracting from what the main vision is. It's all about what is in front of the eyes, not the ears. Um, you want to add to it, not take away from it. So if you can get your team to be on the same level of what they're trying to achieve, then that's what will make it work good. You Even if sometimes you can meet with people and it can be a bit weird, and even if people can be um, not the easiest to work with, be the better person to try and make it work for the good of what it is you're calling because it'll end up better in the long run. You know what I mean? Like you, you want the end result to be good. You want the end result to be something that's putting over the action. Uh, like I've said before as well, Eric, that you're you're very good at that as well. Your special comments, because we have called games together, you blew me away with your special comments, man. You did you did really good because obviously you're Thanks, working man. with the team that you do and you did enough prep and knew enough about it. And obviously you and I work enough to, well enough together that even without that, I think we could have done a decent job. But, um, you know, you did your homework so well in talking about what you did. Like I've said as well, I think you should have a go at calling cricket. Um Hey, I'm I'm open to offers. Yeah, um, <laughs> the I, only problem is it's usually during cricket season. So um, maybe in a couple of years when the body finally disintegrates, look, man, it's, it's maybe, got the Bruce Reed sticky tape on it at the moment. It's look, if you can retire, if you can retire from cricket for the fifth time, man, um, <laughs> it, it might actually stick this time, and you can move on a commentary, bro. I believe in you. That's uh, that's some cruel inside baseball you just threw at me there. Um, <laughs> But yes, Can't this body is known down. to retire for a round yeah. uh, for a no, few but, times. But that's the thing. Like, obviously, you, you know, if especially if it's like, say, you, you love basketball, you love cricket, yeah. whatever it is you're calling, if you love it and you know it, like, mm. know your role of what you're there to do yeah, and do it. No, do the work. Do yeah, the job. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot of things that can make a team good, but in that, there's as much that can make a team bad. And um, with with your knowledge and experience, you'll learn how to try and avoid the bad and, and adapt. That's the other thing. You've got to be adaptable with whoever you're calling with. Some people, like I, I called a game, um, might have been out in Calamunda. 
And the guy I'm calling with was like hilarious. He was this really blokey, fun guy to call with. And it was just an absolute blast because we had fun with it. And I like, I adapted to sort of his stylings and don't get me wrong. I wasn't cracking the jokes, but I was, I was letting him cook. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, th- this guy knows what he's talking about with the team because that's his team. And, um, you know, I, I, I let him have the ball for, for use of the pun, um, you know, more than what I normally would just because this guy was, was, you know, he was really entertaining. You called any of their games? Yeah, I've called a few. And one of them, there was a big uh, comeback as well. So uh, I think it's Cambo up there. So, um, but yes, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you're right. The key point there is to adapt and, um, you know, work with each other, not against each other. So exactly, yeah, man. Like I said, check check your ego at the door. Don't 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 feel that you're a bubble below anything. And um, you know, work together. Like you're a team, much like the teams that you're calling. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Except you're not against another team. You're no, no. That's your um. We'll put a uh, sort of a bow on the commentary side of things as we sort of. Uh, get ready to go onto the home straight, so to speak. But uh, you try to throw out some commentary goals for me there and some aspirations. What are your commentary goals and aspirations going forward? I mean, you've you've been with an EP, with EPW for really beginnings. You've, you know, been a few years now with NBL One West as well with the combat sports you've done and, and also the, the, the newer promotions rocking up wrestling-wise as well. What's your goals in the commentary land? Um, I have many, and I'm, I'm someone that will always try and do more um to the detriment of my myself a lot of the times i'm always like no matter how much i'm doing i want to do more um but uh i want to do more wrestling because uh, i love it so much um I, i'd like to have a crack at doing wrestling i haven't done before like different companies um i keep There's trying to opening like, in new japan i think dude i've been i've been <laughs> i've been emailing japanese wrestling feds for like ages and getting nothing back but i'm like I'm determined to want to call something international if I ever could. That's like the that's like the big dream. Uh, as yep. far as a more a more sort of a grounded home dreams or aspirations, should I say, for commentary, um, I want to get more NBL One games, and it's difficult because I do not align myself with the team, and that's my own doing. It's like you know you 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 know uh, that, that's on me. But I, I want to call more games of that. Um, I want to do nationals next year because this year it was in Perth, so. Everyone came to us. Um, I want to volunteer to, to go to whichever state it is in the next year because that'd be yeah. really good. Um, if you're going there too, we'll, uh, we'll 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 make a weekend of it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> is it bad that I'm kind of like oh, maybe maybe one of us shouldn't go? No, I'm joking. No, it'd be great. And um, yeah, genuinely, like um, the basketball community is in Australia is amazing, but the the commentary group. Because you, you, just to your point before, it kind of is a, a team upon a team sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's some really fun um, human beings in that group as well, for sure. So, um, you know, wherever the Nationals are next year, I think uh, we might not get it, as in the West, because we, we didn't defend we our crowns, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, well, we had it. Oh, is, that, is that how it works? Whoever wins I don't, gets I don't, the host? I don't, don't know if it was. I think it was maybe just a happy coincidence that we had the two defending national champs and and a pretty good complex uh, uh, out in Joondalup way that could have hosted it. Um, I, I know nothing on the inside running on it, but a few places have been bandied about. Uh, I know a, a good mate of mine, Nick, who's a, a waffle goal umpire, so really no basketball running. So, But he um, he talks about Bendigo being the, the perfect place because they've just got a new complex. Uh, Bendigo uh, won the women's nationals this year, so... 
Hmm. There's definitely a talk of that, but then it would mean Victoria two times in the last three years. So whether or not that's the considerations that the the, the powers that be sort of uh, taking them consideration. I know that um, the Gold Coast is uh, hosting the NBL Blitz again. So they're used to having all like teams come to one location. So maybe somewhere in Queensland. So you never really know. But um, yeah, yeah I, I don't think it would be us. It would be great. But oh, um, I mean, wherever yeah, it is, uh, it'd be perfect. But... People chase the sun. I'll, I'll chase the nationals because it's a it's a heck of a weekend. Uh, yeah, I got to call the uh, under 16s nationals this year. Yes, it yeah. was it was some of the best fun I've had calling basketball in my three years or whatever of doing it. Did you call them so last good. year? Did you call them no, last year? No, I well? didn't. I didn't get oh, to last year. That's why it's... I was so blown away by how awesome it was. Yeah. Well, last year I was calling it. And then uh, as I was about to rock up for the second day, you know, my old housemate, now that I'm finally in my own place, but uh, finally makes it sound like it's a bad thing, but my old housemate, Rowdy, got COVID, the jerk. Oh, and Rowdy. so there was no isolation rules at that time, but I just thought I'd do the right thing, sent a message yeah. out and said, probably not the best thing when we've got all these young athletes. But it's the, the point I wanted to make was, it's just interesting seeing some of those names now, um, especially on the women's side of it now playing for the Opals. And he's like, yeah. I was just watching this like less than two years ago. Like, There is so much talent, man. It yeah. is insane. And seeing and like happens seeing quickly. The, the under 16s as well, because they're not, they're, they're not like clouded by all the crap that you get to deal with as an adult. You know what I mean? Like they're there <laughs> for the love of the game and they're just so yeah. like keen for it. It was, it was an amazing experience. But um, to, to get back to your point, I, I would like to um, uh, do a bit more combat sports. Um, I didn't, haven't called much Muay Thai this year. But I'd like to have a crack at a few new things. I'd like to give a, mm. have a shot at calling boxing, uh, like just like straight boxing as opposed to kickboxing. I've always wanted to have a crack at um, calling football. But my problem with football, because it's, it's probably the sport that I love the most and um, like, I absolutely adore it. And I know it so well. But my problem with that is that you'd be calling teams that you're not familiar with. And it's just like basketball is like five a side at one point in time. And it moves at a relatively yeah. pa- decent pace. Whereas football is so many people whose names you'd need to like know or at least be able to know quick enough. You don't have time to stare down at your sheet like you can during basketball. And um, it moves so much quicker. But um, football is something I'd like to have a crack at um, just because yeah. I, I, love, I love my footy. Um, but, I hate yeah. footy. Footy hates me. Yeah, well, mate. You've had a better run as of recent than the yeah. Been, that's uh, true. I know. I, yeah. I can't really whinge as a bulldog supporter to a free ace supporter. You're exactly. Right, exactly. Uh, but uh, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. There's. I still have. I still have many goals. There's lots of things I want to try, and I'm sure that like some things I'll try. Like the basketballs are not something I sought out to go. Hey, I want to call basketball. An opportunity arose, and I was like, man, I'm gonna have a crack at this, and I'm gonna try my hardest to do good and try and try and see if I can do this. Like uh, if something like that was to cross my path again, I, I'd jump at the opportunity. Um, I just want to keep doing things, keep challenging myself. And you learn like things you've learned calling wrestling or calling Muay Thai, you can implement into calling basketball or, or vice versa. Um, so I, I'd, I'd like relish any opportunity to call something differently or get, get some more experience calling any other sports or uh, any other, I guess, form of entertainment. Yep. And uh, to transition from what you were just saying there as well um, about putting your, your hand up, saying yes to things, being dependable uh, from earlier in our chat as well. Um, the last thing we'll leave the commentary on is if you could sum up, you know, sentence or two. Hi, Adam. I'm new to meeting you. I want to be a commentator. What advice have you got for me? Um, once again, I would be like... Um... 
pick pick what you want to do and go in for it. Like I said, no job too big or too small. Uh, just 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 get yourself in there. Don't be shy. That is that is the biggest thing. Do not be shy. Let let like shake all the hands, say hi to everyone. You know, don't don't sit in a corner with an odd look on your face like you you're too good for everyone else. Um, like just apply yourself. Do everything that you can towards your goal. Um, you know, there might not be an opening, but that's cool. Get yourself known around the the, the area. You know what I mean? Uh, show up to the gigs. You know what I mean? Introduce yourself to the the, the people that are involved in it. Um, just basically don't stop. You've got to push for these things a lot of the times as well. And um, a lot of times it can be, I guess, quite disgruntling because a lot of things won't go your way or you won't land the gigs that you want. But don't let it stop you. you you've got to you've got to keep at it. And just because this one didn't go your way doesn't mean the next one won't. Um, you just got to persevere. Uh, obviously, also uh, one thing that if you've never done anything like this before, get used to the sound of your own voice. And that's a tough one because people are like, "Oh, I hate the way my voice sounds." It's like your voice. That's how everyone hears your voice, whether you like it or not. And it took <laughs> like uh, it was radio that yeah. broke me broke broke me through that barrier. But get used to your own voice. Get used to your own dynamics um just think about what it is that you're you're wanting to attain and just go for it like don't it's easier said than done but try not to procrastinate the sooner you try and 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 get involved in these things the sooner you're going to have a chance to be able to succeed at it and um it's worth having a crack yeah couldn't have said it better myself there have a crack Alrighty, before we wrap up um this is a bit where we just like to sort of Point any uh, eyeballs and ear holes your direction. Uh, so what else you got going on at the moment? I know you've got a podcast. You want to give us a quick sum up of oh, what yes. that's all about? <laughs> yeah, it's not, uh, the, so... it's not the Friends versus Seinfeld one, which is somewhere no, uh, over the sea of Japan. Oh, look, if it was, mm. look, we had some fun doing our podcast, Eric. We did. Uh... Yeah, no, no, <laughs> I say it lightly. I know our friend Michael in the middle, Barrett, is a, a great bloke as well. So, he, but he's... no, you've you've. You've moved on. You've made like Scott Kane. You've moved on to uh, a new podcast. Scott Kane. Um, yeah. So I, uh, I'm doing a movie podcast. It's funny because I've, I've done podcasting for years as well, uh, usually about pop culture stuff. But um, I was actually planning to do my own podcast um, at the uh, like late last year, start of this year. And my former boss from the uh, Quiz Nights uh, approached me about doing a movie podcast. And I didn't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, I'm um, a fan of podcasts. Yeah, look, I, I, I had my own idea. I wanted to do a horror movie podcast. Uh, um, yeah. Exploit this niche that I'm that I'm in love with. And then he was like, I just wanted to do like a general movie podcast. And I was like, it's too broad. But anyway, I'm doing a movie podcast, Eric. <laughs> 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 but I'm doing it with, uh, with, with, with two really good friends, uh, Lee and uh, my friend Josie. Um, it's called Two Guys, A Girl, and a Movie Podcast. I think you'd like that title, Eric, because it's a pun and you love a good pun. I do love um, a pun. It's a reasonable pun. Um, <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't grading it. It was okay, but I didn't yeah. have a pun, so it gets extra points on that. <laughs> um, two Guys, A Girl, and a Movie Podcast. We take a look at movies and we basically uh, give it a score out of five based on a bunch of categories, and then we gauge our score up against the IMDb score to see if we're, how we rate with the general public. And uh, we also talk a bunch of nonsense and I say horrible things about Lee because we tease each other very hardly. Um, it's on on forms of uh, wherever you find your podcast, which is the, uh, the, the tired cliche, but it really is. Um, it's on Apple, it's on Spotify, it's on iHeartRadio, it's on um, you know, all the different platforms. 
Uh, you can look it up too, guys, and go on a movie podcast. It's on socials at <laughs> Two Gag Pod, um, which sounds horrendous. Uh, but there really was no other way to like socially, uh, like on social media, to uh, I guess sort of shorten it. So Two G A A G Pod. <laughs> You sound like a Yellow Pages commercials from back in the day. 2G. Anyway. Yeah, so I'm doing that. That, That's the thing that I'm doing, my podcast, and it's uh, it's good fun. Um, It's fortnightly at the moment, but we're going to be moving to weekly soon. Um, Hopefully by the time this comes out, we will be weekly. Uh, we'll just sort of help it move move and flow a bit better. But, um, yeah, it's good fun. It's, uh, uh, well, we're about maybe 14 episodes in so far or whatever. So just looking to add to it and build that uh, that back catalogue as well, which is always good for a podcast to have. So whenever just someone jumps in, do your deep dive and, you know, listen to all the good fun stuff that used to happen. If you're uh, looking for an idea for it, because it is a good podcast, I've listened along to it, um, but uh, maybe a super vote would be one that would really help out. <laughs> uh, uh, and oh. you're... Also involved with a couple of wrestling promotions we've touched on. So um, just so where people can find you there, um, you know, not maybe specific events. I know that there's um, a couple of big shows coming up for both of them, but just the names of the promotions you're, you're with at the moment, where they where you uh, found them? Yeah, yeah. Look, if you like pro wrestling, um, Explosive Pro Wrestling is uh, is my, my main um, wrestling company that, that I work with. Um, you can check them out at EPW Perth. Uh, the website's epwperth.com. They're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, they're on YouTube as well. You can see a lot of our content and even Eric and myself calling wrestling at the um, uh, on, on the YouTube channel as well, which is really cool because um, the, the internet now, um, like the way the uh, online, I guess, um, the ability to connect online with things is, is such a beautiful thing now. You've got such great access to so many different things. And uh, also, if you're wanting to get yourself a gig with different um, different companies or different lines of work, uh, online is uh, always handy. Uh, but yeah, EPW Perth, if you want explosive pro wrestling. If you want to see some deathmatch wrestling, which is a very acquired taste. Not everyone likes a lot of blood, and people sometimes think blood in wrestling isn't real. It sure as hell is. And uh, when you see these guys, you'll see a hell of a lot of blood. Uh, it's called Dude, Where's My Ring? Um, or DWMR Perth. If you want to look us up, we're on the socials. We've got a YouTube channel as well. Um, it's very different. There's no ring. It's on bar floors, which sounds quite barbaric and probably because it is. Um, <laughs> but like they're on YouTube. They put their matches up on YouTube as well. One of them has like 35,000 views, surprisingly enough. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, yeah crazy, right? Um, so yeah, I do that. NBL uh, One West uh, is on all forms of social media. You can see the games live or after the fact. Uh, at uh, NBL1. Just in case you want to go back over this season, they're all still yeah, there in the Yeah, exactly, well. exactly. Uh, check Although that there were some cracking grand finals. You might not have been a part of them, neither was I. But, um, yeah, you can look at the back catalogue there as well, which will feature your voice in some of those Oh, man, the, 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 the level of competition in the NBL1 is tremendous. It's Yeah, um, yeah it's so cool. Um, is that all I do? Yeah, yeah. No, no, I mean, <laughs> is that all you do? I'm Jeez. trying to think. I'm like... <laughs> um, well, no, the last thing I'll just uh, get from you is where people can find you specifically. Oh, Not God. like the, don't drop a pin at your location right now. Yeah. But uh, Online, uh, where can we find this Adam man? Uh, that is exactly it. Uh, Adam underscore man on Instagram. I don't have like a, a kayfabe like wrestling account or anything i just do my oi, own thing oi. i felt that dig i felt that <laughs> um I've, although um uh my, my lovely girlfriend was explaining to me that i probably should 
Um, and you can have it direct yourself to uh, my regular stuff that I do. It's basically me either just checking out movies, posting silly horror movie mm. memes or heavy metal memes or um, stuff like that. But um, I'm, I'm always doing stuff. But yeah, at Adam underscore man. Uh, it's, it's an interesting place. But um, I, might, um, I, might, I might start one of those, those extra ones up so I can at least... Because she was like, if people look up Dean Olsen, the pseudonym... Yeah, we didn't even touch on your fake name. Yeah, but if people look up Dean Olsen on like Instagram or whatever, they're not going to find anything and just be like, yeah. oh, okay, cool. But if I did, I could have that lead to this, which then could lead to basketball. And Yeah, it's, it's you, interesting. You know this sort of stuff better than I do, Eric. No, but it's, it is interesting because um, I know when we called our first basketball game uh, together... You're calling me by my fake wrestling name just because out of habit, which admittedly is Eric Mack. Wow, jeez, yeah. really? We spent a lot of time dreaming that one up in the dreamatorium, <laughs> but um, but you're right. It, it is kind of important to that um, you know because I think most people know your your Adam if you've been around the wrestling scene a while. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's yeah. Adam, you know. I think there's always that that wink of a, nu- a nudge with with wrestlers. Like people people know that it's a character and that you. you you know, putting on a name or something like that. But yes, of course, um, if you see the name Dean Olsen pop up for wrestling, that's also our man, Adam Parry as well. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's just, uh, it's like when uh, Clark Kent takes off the glasses. It's just like, wow, totally different person. Yeah. Except if I take my glasses off, I just can't see very well. See, totally different person. <laughs> Everyone but, else looks different. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, on that note, Adam, thanks again for your time. I uh, no, really appreciate you. You, um, you know, you are a hard man to get. So I do genuinely appreciate you making the time. <laughs> um, yeah, and for for those listening, you know, in terms of going back to the crux of what our show is about, um, there's not too many better people in this country there to, to learn the art of commentary from, especially when it comes to pro wrestling and that form of entertainment. So uh, again, uh, hit up Adam on the socials there and follow along with the stuff he's doing with EPW and Dude, Where's My Ring? And also uh, NBL One next season when that kicks back again. So again, Adam, thanks so much for your time. No, man, absolute pleasure. Um, yeah, happy to help you out, buddy. What a magnificent chap there and a magnificent human being, Adam Parry. So um, as we were talking about there in that interview, if you do get a chance to see the great man, whether or not it's in a, not in a wrestling ring, because <laughs> we, we, we know he's not going to be taking those uh, tumbles, but you see him at a wrestling event, go up and say hi, one of the most approachable, uh, coolest dudes that uh, you'll ever meet. And by me saying one of the coolest dudes makes me sound like the Fonz, which right now in 2023 not that cool, but if it was Henry Winkler, really, really cool. Um, no help me to help me this week. Um, I'll still leave the uh, DMs open, so to speak. That sounded really creepy, and I apologize there in hindsight. But um, let us know what you're doing with your playlist, because I still haven't got any idea. I'm on a deload week with my gym sessions, so I haven't really kicked the, the cranked up playlist into full go. So um, let me know what you're doing with your, your music playlist. Uh, any recommendations, please drop them to uh, either any of the uh, social media handles, which is Hey Power Pod on X, X um, and on Instagram, which is Hey Pal, I'm Coachable. Also got the email address if you want to hit us up through there. Hey Pal, I'm mailable at gmail.com. I tell you what, we've got a really, really interesting guest next week and... Uh, Without giving too much away, he's going to help me through some issues. It, it seems like there's a little bit of 
hatred flowing through me and it's not good good to let that hatred flow through so he's going to work me through some of those issues and see if he can maybe change my mind on how i feel about some uh, infrastructure so um thank you again for joining us uh Please keep the uh, feedback coming in. Um, if you feel as though I've earned it, um, and really on the back of these wonderful guests like Adam today, please um, give us a rating on your preferred podcast platform or or even better, let your, your mates know that this exists um, without uh, people telling uh, everyone else that it exists that nobody knows exists. Who'd have thunk it? Um, but even so, if you're just there plugging this into your ear holes, having a listen, I'm still grateful for you. So there's no obligation. Really appreciate anyone who is listening in so uh until such time busy week ahead and i'm going to give you a full concert review probably not i'm going to be too starstruck you got delta goodrum coming up in perth this weekend i know just lost any cool points i had left and i don't think i had many to begin with that's definitely going into debit so um thanks for listening we'll see you next week same pod channel same pod place eh, approximate same pod time on hey pal i'm coachable